I'm in my 70s and I live in Oxford. I live with my husband who is from an ethnic minority background. He comes originally from Bengal in India and he grew up in a very rural part of India. He is nearly 80 and we've been married for 50 years. We met in London when we were both students and he was studying art and I was a nursing student. We met in 1960s and we married very quickly because he knew that his parents, well his, particularly his mother, would not agree to the marriage. Life in Britain in the 60s was a changing period because suddenly there were there were people who were teenage and there was there were a lot of there was a lot of music and a lot of change in the society so i felt that they the people around us would be more open to our relationship but in fact there was a very traditional basic antipathy to people who especially of mixed race who married english girls I think the reason was because British society was very traditional and very white at the time. There were not very many people of ethnic minorities, although in London probably more so. I lived in West London where there were many people of uh, West Indian origin, but otherwise outside the big towns was a very traditional society. I think people married very much their own community from their own communities on the whole. My family was already a very mixed family. I had two adopted brothers, both of whom were mixed race. So my parents had were Quakers and they had adopted children. So my parents had absolutely no problem. The only thing they said was, or my father said was, that if when I had children, I knew what the issues might be for them. My close friends were people from abroad, tended to be from other countries. I was nursing in London and I had friends who were Malaysian. They'd come to do training here. So I didn't actually find a problem at all. I mean, my, my society within my own friendship groups was always people from other, other parts of the world. The most difficulty I found was with my husband's parents who were living in India and who were very against the fact that their eldest son was marrying out of Bengal and out of the Hindu tradition. I was introduced to his parents in India. I met his mother on the ship that we had arrived on in Bombay. I spoke a little Bengali, which was his, the fir his first language, and I could just about say, you know, hello and how are you, and tried to behave in a way which would be acceptable. But it was very difficult. That was the most difficult part, really, of the whole, the whole situation. <laughs> Once the marriage had taken place, the parents' reactions were acceptance. And they knew that that was the situation and they accepted it. Luckily, otherwise we would have been somewhere out on our ear, probably. <laughs> I felt uh, very alone in India. 
because my husband was particularly keen on appeasing his family and he'd been away from them for seven years before he married. And so he was very much concerned with that I should fit in with all with that. I mean, at that point, had we stayed, I might have become disillusioned with the whole thing <laughs> and returned. But as it happened, things turned out differently. After we were married and after we'd lived in India for a year and our son was born there, they did everything they could to make me feel at home. So the reaction of some family members was very negative, but, but some were very positive and tried their best to integrate me within the family. In fact, the, uh, the grandfather was the one who was most against everything because he was very traditional but my mother-in-law said well you know this is how it is and there's not much we can do about it <laughs> when we arrived I was already pregnant and so I, I didn't work I stayed at home and tried to learn the language and learn the customs of the place I was living in I learned how to sing a little bit in Bengali which was a tradition and met family members. We did quite a lot of travelling around and meeting people. I tried to be as Bengali, as Bengali a wife as I could from my perspective. I wore sari, saris. I, I used the jewellery and the, all those kind of things that um, to represent that to a wider society, if you like. And people found that rather, I suppose, endearing in some way because I was trying hard my image of how my life would be there probably was related to Gandhi because we I'd been brought up within the Quaker tradition and so I knew a lot about Gandhi and about how he was there. I suppose I thought it would be much more like living with, with him and, um, and doing good in India. I was a nurse after all, so I had ideas about working there. But um, once I had a baby, then it was a bit different. Many a time I thought, I, I wish I wasn't here, but it was mostly after the birth of my first child. The relationship with my husband was very new. We'd only known each other for half a year, really, before we married. So we not only were we coping with that, but with the birth of a child, the change in our, in our way of life. He decided that he would return to Britain, which he did, and to take up a st some further study. And I remained in India with his parents. When my husband was away, I found it easier to be in India because I became able really to decide for myself how I would conduct my life rather than feeling that I had to be this wife that I wasn't really that sort of a, a person, I suppose. I was, I was a, a, an independent woman who had worked for the last previous years before I married. He expected me to become who I am, but he found that easier in Britain, whereas in India he felt he had to conform to the parental wishes to an extent, especially as he's married out of his culture. And then after three months, he had money which he could use to pay my fare to return to England. <laughs> 
I was happy in the sense that I was able to see, yes, to be with my husband, but also that I could see my family, which was important because they hadn't seen my baby either. The support from my family was not what I had expected or hoped for because my parents still had three children at home themselves and uh, they expected me to be the independent person that I'd always been. And of course at that time I needed probably more support than they could give, particularly my mother who was very, very busy with my grandmother as well who lived at home. We were living in poverty really because he was a student and I had to manage the baby and we lived in a, a very small flat well, two rooms really, but um, I remember the mice jumping out of the, the bins and we just had to manage on very little. My own role, I think I could say, was, was difficult whilst I was at home. It was only when I began to study uh, again and then to have an independent working life later that I felt I'd returned to myself, if you like. I achieved it, yes, through study and through having a home of my our own, eventually. We had two children, a boy and a girl. We lived with our children mainly in, in Britain, but we had a lot of periods when we travelled to India and lived in India for some time. The, the attraction, it between us is as human beings on the level of interests and shared lives and, and that still exists today after 50 years. The recipe to, to, to maintain relationship in the face of uh, difficulties outside is, is to talk to each other about it and to you know, live your life as well as you can really. We're still together, but throughout our marriage, we've had fairly independent lives. Uh, we're together, but apart, if you like. I mean, I, that's how I see it. And, and he has interests different to mine, very different. I've always had interests different to his. But we have family in common, and we have a life together. Difference is what, what makes people behave in the way they do, because they don't understand that change and difference are what makes the world a better place in a way. <laughs>